Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This week on the Mike Wise Show, the first weekend of the NBA playoffs is in the books and it featured some memorable performances We're here to wade in with some thoughts, but first, Darlene, do your thing. The Mike Wise Show is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. The Mike Wise Show is hosted by a guy who played basketball atrociously for Hawaii Pacific College, which forced him into journalism. And, oh yeah, he wrote about basketball for the New York Times, the Washington Post, and ESPN. He's also a wise-ass, and so are many of his guests Right, Mike? If the first eight games of the 2021 NBA playoffs are any indication, we're in for a wild ride this postseason. Bruce, from the return of large crowds to the exciting action on the court, there's a lot to unpack. God, it almost sounds like I wrote that or someone wrote it for me, doesn't it? It's beautifully written, if you ask me. It is. It's stunning. (laughs) All right, let's chop it up a little bit. My wingman producer, Bruce Bernstein, always chipping in. Um, Hello, Bruce. (laughs) And I would argue that the podcast is, if Bill Simmons has shown us anything in this world, it's that podcasts with he and his loser friends are often more entertaining than anything with with he and Magic or Bird. Um, I think that there's some comfortability and there's some know-how. And so at any rate, Look, I used to be um, the Knicks beat writer. I don't know if you knew this. Back in the 90s, and then I covered the NBA column for many years for the New York Times. But but that job was essentially, if the Knicks were going well, that was that was your job. You know, Howard Beck could tell you that too. And so you you covered the Knicks a lot, and you always knew that you were going to be there, if not in June, in late May. Well, that hasn't been the case since 2013. at Madison Square Garden. That's eight long years that that franchise went without a playoff series. So essentially, except for, well, even during COVID days, because they weren't invited to the bubble, they, they, their seasons were done in April, you know, and I, I always used to say what's, what's orange and green and goes golfing in May. <laughs> it was the Knicks. But yesterday, a classic, uh, an, an heirloom. If you, if I will, or is that too much? No, I think you're on a roll. Just keep it going. (laughs) (laughs) Trey Young showed he belongs. Um, Look, I I didn't see anything but the highlights, but you, you, before we even got on, you talked about a a pass that Trey Young threw that was as seamless and, and as strong as anything LeBron or Steph Curry could do finding Bogdanovich for an open three. And this is, you know, and they come back on the Knicks and they win 107-105 game one at Madison Square Garden. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know if, I don't think the Hawks win the thing. I think they could go a couple rounds if they get by the Knicks. And you know what? 
I know you think two more series could go seven games. I think the Knicks-Hawks could go seven games. Oh, it, it absolutely could go seven games. Um, you know, it's a four versus five matchup. Those, generally speaking, are amongst the most evenly matched, right? I think those teams had identical records mm-hmm. during the regular season as well, although the Knicks dominated them in their regular season games. But um, Sunday was a different story. I mean, you talk about Trey Young. It was... It had to be a surreal moment for him to be, you know, given the MSG crowd this, you know, at the end. when Because he said he said in the post-game interview with Ernie and Chuck and those guys on TNT, he said, yeah, they were, you know, they were talking ish to me and, you know, all that kind of stuff, some F-bombs, whatever. So it had to be sweet for him to do that. But uh, he really, you know, the thing about Trey Young and uh, th- that I think is so special, he seems like one of those guys – who just has this 360 degree vision. He sees things that he shouldn't be able to see, particularly when it comes to guys trailing him where he changes speeds just enough to get them to run into him. He gets the whistle. He goes to the line. He makes two. Um, I don't even know who to compare that guy to, but he is, he is special, Mike. Yeah. I, I think, you know, a long time ago and Bill Fitch, the late great Bill Fitch uh, coach of the Celtics, I think one, at least one of Larry Bird's titles for him, if not two. First and one. First one, yeah. yeah. And and Bill Fitch, um, in an article in Sports Illustrated years ago, I was a kid, I, you know, I was a teenager, I remember reading it, um, he, he, he called Larry Bird Kodak. And, so, and many of our younger listeners won't know this, but Kodak, you know, was the, was the camera company. And, and they always, you know, if he, and, and he said that he took pictures on the court like an Instamatic and he went, ka-chick, ka-chick, ka-chick. That's what taking photos look, used to sound and look like. And that's what Trey Young looked like. Like he was taking pictures on the court. And here's this guy that has this tremendous per- peripheral vision. And like Bird, he almost knew what was happening behind him. Um, without having eyes behind his head, but it felt like there was a sensory, like an old school sensory basketball thing going on that that I think, you know, some young players now today have it. I think Luka Doncic has it too. When he steps into the lane, he waits for someone behind him to come and guard him before he decides whether he's going to pull up or get him to, you know, bait into bait him into a three-point play. I think Trey Young's got that. It's amazing to me. I, you know, like guys with that kind of, court sense and awareness at that it's one thing to have a great jump shot it's one thing to go to the basket fearlessly it's another thing to have that extra level of understanding of basketball and how it works at such a young age and Trey Young's got it and he also doesn't seem to be afraid of a big moment I mean look he went into the garden on Sunday there was 15,000 fans there I mean that's the most fans that have been in an NBA game in you know what 16 months or whatever 15 months And he was like, yeah, whatever, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'll, I'll get my 32, I'll get my 10, I'll get my seven. And they and walked only, out of there with a win. He, and he was only, he's only what, 160 pounds or something dri- yeah. dripping wet. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he looks he's basically, like, he's basically Allen Iverson without a posse. <laughs> yeah. I knew you'd giggle at that. And now we're going to get censured. Are we allowed um, to say posse? I thought that was on the forbidden list of words. Well, it, if it is, then you're going to edit it out. But bottom line is, Allen Iverson brought some young knuckleheads with him um, from Hampton Roads when he was younger. And, you know, some people thought they they thought this was very admirable because he brought guys from the neighborhood that didn't um, never amounted to, 
heights that he did in his career. And other people thought, you know, why are you bringing people that are bringing you down along with you? So if we have to edit out Posse, it's okay. We can call him his crew. If that's more palatable. We're, we're going to live on the edge, Mike. We're going to stick with Posse. All right. Good. Good. We're going to live on. Yeah. We, 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 we well, because let's be honest. <laughs> what what other show has taken on race issues and is unafraid to speak about anything on this program? I, you know, I, I look, there's there, Jason Williams, the white chocolate Jason Williams had a posse, unfortunately. So this is this isn't relegated to um, young black corn road um, NBA players. This can be anybody that brings their guys from the, uh, the old neighborhood and they're not doing so well and they try to lift them up. Well, some of those guys get jobs and they become very uh, like Maverick Carter. Shoot. Rich Paul. Uh, they become they become a cocoon, a protective cocoon for the player. Other guys, you don't need them around. They're not they're not bettering themselves. They're either not getting their business degrees or or going to college or finding great jobs. They're waiting for you to give them money. If that if that's your uh, if that if, if that's your crew, you need to get rid of them. And irrespective of, of whether you're a basketball player or not. Well, a lot of the Euro guys, you know, have really made their mark on the league this year. But you know, they're never really going to be, you know. They, you can't really say they've arrived until I get a chance to see Nikola Jokic's posse. I want to see what that crew looks like. Well, I, I mean, and look, I am not a xenophobe at all, but every European player that has a posse, they're all um, with the Russian underground and they're criminal terror. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you guys know I'm kidding. That all right. Be <laughs> yeah, that might no, be. It's it. it's a, it's a, no, it's not. <laughs> it's we, not everybody knows we're joking, <laughs> kind of. The other LA team, the Clippers, were torched by Luca on Saturday at home. I, you know, I know this is a lot about the Mavericks playing well. And I know that everybody's going to say that the Clippers are done and it's over. I don't, you know, I, and Paul George, God bless him. You know, he, he, he seems like, what did I say? Playoff Paul George is regular season Rondo, unfortunately. And we need to get away from that. If you're playoff Paul, if you're, if you're going to ever be playoff Paul George again, like you were with the Indiana Pacers, just freaking put your head down and go to the basket. Enough with the fadeaways. A fadeaway is something after you've already got 10 rebounds and you're, you've got a 10-point lead and you feel in this incredible rhythm. That's when, you, that's when you do a step back and hit it in someone's face. You don't do it when you're down 10 and you need a bucket and you're struggling from the field. I don't get Paul George. And it's hard for me to say that because he is a Fresno State alumni and I am a Fresno State alumni. And while we are at least 20 years apart in age, and I had no idea what was going on in Fresno when he was there, nonetheless, I, I root for former, former Bulldog. Well, when it comes to the Dallas Mavericks, they always seem to be more than the sum of their parts. And I think a lot of it has to do with a guy that I know both of us really admire, and that's Rick Carlisle. He finds a way to get you know everything he can out of his guys. You know, as you said, Luca had a, a, a triple double, torched him. Um, and as from what I can recall, and again, I didn't look this up, but I'm working off my memory. I believe the Clippers now have a four game losing streak in the postseason to the Dallas Mavericks. I have to double check that, but they, you know, get, game two is a must win for the Clippers. There's just no two ways about it. If they lose game two, they're losing that series. You think so? Yeah, I don't know. So if I, I, don't, I don't know if Dallas is. 
I don't know if Dallas is that mentally tough, but I, I like them. And I, you, here's the other thing. Jalen Brunson, you talk about players six, two and under in this league, Jalen Brunson, I mean, he's not Trey young, but he's, he's so indispensable for them. I and mean, he's getting rebounds between these mounds of muscle and height that he has no business because he's his desire. He, he always makes the right basketball play. I love Jalen Brunson. I, I think I love Jalen Brunson um, more than I do um, KP, Christoph Porzingis. You know, Jalen Brunson is the son of a former NBA player, Rick Brunson, who played for the Knicks, I believe, and I think also played for Temple for John Chaney back in the day. Yeah, uh, well, so, you know, this guy, you know, Jalen Brunson's one of those guys that his hoop IQ is off the charts. And he's another well, guy who always seems to know exactly where he needs to be. As Greg Anthony told me one time about Chris Paul, way, way, way back when, he says, he said, he gets what gotta get got. And that's how Jalen Brunson is. He gets, gets what, what gotta, gotta get got. got. I like that from Greg Anthony. <laughs> yeah, I, Greg's pretty smart. I, I am still regret calling Rick Brunson a knucklehead when he was on the Knicks. Um, he and Camby and Marcus Camby and Latrell Sprewell were kind of uh, club buddies. Now, <clears throat> uh, it turned out that you can go to the club and take a team to the NBA Finals because Campy and Sprewell did in 99. But nonetheless, I think I did a make culpa. And uh, yeah, Jalen, shoot, Rick Brunson obviously uh, obviously helped coach and turn his son into something special. Um, I Look, here's a couple things burning for me. Giannis Antetokounmpo, I, I think he's the future of the NBA in terms of being an ambassador um, and, and talk about a stretch five and he can play inside. I just don't know if he's if he's NBA title material with the way he cannot make shots down the stretch, including free throws. I mean, he almost let Miami back into that game single-handedly by missing a bunch of free throws down the stretch. It was pathetic. You know, a lot of bigs have trouble at the free throw line. And, you know, maybe Giannis, you know, maybe you're right. Maybe there's something missing there. I mean, look, I think any team in the league would love to have Giannis. It's not like, you know, Giannis is, is a stiff or anything. He's, he's a tremendous player but yeah i mean some guys you know they they you know they may be really great regular season guys but when it's not cutting time in the playoffs you know they they get a little bit tight you say nut cutting time yeah yeah this is really going we'll have to edit that <laughs> show this show is uh Kristen Woolley's well. going to have her hands full with this one this week apparently yeah, you've, you've got <laughs> misogyny possible racism xenophobia we, we, we've checked all the boxes for... Um, for Wait, where was the misogyny? Um, I don't know. It's going to no. come up, okay. though. It's, you're no, right. We'll, we'll, we'll get it in at some point now that you mentioned yeah, it. You're right. <laughs> um, Brooklyn shouldn't have too many problems with Boston, and I think that's, that's a sweep. Uh, your Celtics might go five. I think the biggest thing is... It's funny, and this is another thing I'm kind of burning on, is these these referendums that come after the first weekend of the playoffs. Like, I'm, I'm going to tell you some ref, – I'm going to tell you some some things that people are talking about today, and I'd like you to answer it. <laughs> the Lakers are dead in the water and will never win another title with that lazy bum Anthony Davis. Your False. response? False. False. Okay. 
I agree. I think it's a one-game referendum. I think AD is coming back from injury still. I think he'll be fine. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers win that series. I really don't, I wouldn't. But I also wouldn't be surprised if Phoenix would. They, they're they clearly – they feel like everybody's th- a thought of them as an afterthought already. And, oh, poor, poor Suns. They got the Lakers in the first round. They already won game one, and they look good doing so. I don't um, – but I still don't buy the Lakers are done. Tell me when the Lakers are three one and there's two minutes left and the Suns are up by fifteen, then I'll say they're done. Um, I don't. I don't. I'm. I, I cannot bury LeBron James until the stake is in his heart, and the stake is a long way from his heart down one zero. That's one of my. That's one of my absolutes. Um, the other one is the Brooklyn Nets are going to be the NBA champion because James Harden is the most unselfish player in NBA history. Kyrie Irving is not weird. He's just misunderstood. And Kevin Durant is the most secure and happy earthling there is. And you will never see another burner account on Twitter from him. Steve Kerr will become essentially, I'm sorry, Steve Nash will morph into Steve Kerr. And the Nets will, the Nets will be the next dynasty in the NBA. Uh, True or false? False. I mean, look, Brooklyn is going to have very little trouble with Boston. Uh, even before Jalen Brown went down, um, they were rusty in the first half. They were down, you know, they couldn't throw it in the ocean from three point land. And they still ended up winning that game, I think, by 11 points, kind of going away at the end. Um, yeah, if Boston has, if, if Tatum has like another 50 burger in him, Boston could get one game. They won't get more than one. That That's going to be a gentleman's sweep, if not an actual sweep. Uh, and Harden, look, you know, I mean, James gets a bad rap. I've ripped him in the past. I haven't always enjoyed watching him play, but I think I like watching him play more with the team he's on now than with his previous team, Houston, because on that team, to me, it was almost like, even when Russ was there with him, to me, it was like, it it seemed like it was all about James, but I think this year, James kind of understands he's got two guys next to him that are as good or maybe even better in KD's case than him. And I think um, I'm very impressed with how James Harden has, has contributed to their success this year. And again, it's coming from a guy who hasn't always been a big fan of his, but you got to give the credit where it's due. Mike, I mean, no, I'm with you. If the Nets wind up in the top in the, in the uh, championship series or the Sixers or the, well, the box, not so much, but uh, the, the Sixers or the Nets, uh, you're good as far as Adam Silver and the network partners go. I think that's you almost guarantee a good reading. You have a lot of star power there. I and I ha- and I hope they get there, but it's still I you know like let's see them play. Let's see them go through two playoff rounds together before we decide that they're a very special team and they've got all the makings for a title in this first year. If they just dust through the first two players, maybe, but I, 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 who knows? All right. Um, The other thing that I was thinking of, uh, Damian Lillard, known as Dame Dalla, made the Nuggets his biatch. Can We're not going to that. that. We're not at it. No, no way. Okay, okay. No, no. Um, I like I like Damian Litter. He's just oh, he he get he finds ways to get that that deep bomb off. Like I've never seen anybody. And while Jokic had a pretty good game, Porter was so so at times. 
Uh, he was also spectacular. I thought the Nuggets brought the, brought it at times, and and Portland just said, "Hold on, we got something here." You know, since Jamal Murray went down with that injury, Denver seemed to be okay. You know, they were they were doing well, and Jokic, of course, was leading the way. But I felt I felt this was a seven game series going in because I just I mean Portland's backcourt. I mean. Lillard yeah. and CJ McCollum, I mean, they combined for, you know, like 55, 57 on Sunday. And I think that is Denver's Achilles heel is trying to, you know, check those guys and make them play defense. Mm. You know, you can't, you can't tire out a guy, you know, you can't tire those guys out if they don't have to guard anybody. And, uh, you know, I think, I think that one's going seven. I think Nurkic, you know, has a, enough can compete against Jokic. Jokic is obviously a better player, but Nurkic is, you know, uh, close enough to, to, to give him some problems. So, yeah, I mean, I see that one going seven. I have no idea who's going to win. I just think it's going seven. Okay. Um, my other um, absolute this weekend, um, LeBron James was uh, caught violating protocol, uh, COVID protocol by um, attending a, mass of people gathering for a promotional. This is my take on that. LeBron and Charles Barkley was cracking up over this. It made a lot of headlines over the weekend. LeBron would not get, get suspended for a playoff game. Adam Silver would not suspend him, even, even if it was found that he created the virus in a Wuhan laboratory during a Nike promotional in Beijing. He still would not get suspended because it's freaking LeBron James. Do you agree with this? Yes, the usual rules don't apply. And and how nervous do you think the league office was when the Lakers had to actually play their way in to the playoffs? I mean, even well, though you knew that they were not going to go 0-2, so they were going to get in either as the 7 or the 8. But it's like, I, I mean, you know. Hey, all I know is this. Yes. All I know is this. Steph Curry is must-see TV. And the Warriors were turning into a fun team to watch. In fact, they were going back to that little team that could pre-Durant when you rooted for them. And they weren't the, you know, they weren't the Death Star. They weren't the star chamber quorum of guys that just decided to play together. All of a sudden it was Steph Curry and the others. And so I was like, this is, this is a fun, any, any, any mention of conspiracy and officials in the NBA needs to stop because Memphis beat them pretty handily and and actually got a, some calls down the stretch there that you would think Steph Curry would have gotten. The bottom line is there is no conspiracy. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies, with all intents and purposes, could go to the um, Western Conference Finals. It'll be a nightmare for any network because no one's going to watch. Um, I think they should because I love John Moran. I love that team of sort of castaways and young kids that just find a way to find, you know, almost almost have a play with a chip on their shoulder that Mike Conley used to have when he played there. And so I I like that team a lot. Um, but it took it took away any notion that that the league is somehow in the tank. I mean, they sure do they want LeBron and the Lakers and the Nets to play for the title. And, and would that just be a, you know, shoot, LeBron now has to face the Star Chamber team? That would be tremendous. That would be that would be Cleveland and Golden State the year that the Cleveland Cavaliers won in many ways. 
Although shoot, LeBron had a lot of good players then too. But the bottom line is that 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 is not. I mean, if it, if it happens that it ends up being Milwaukee and Memphis, <laughs> Milwaukee and Memphis will be the lowest rated finals in the history of the NBA. Nonetheless, um, it'll probably be some good basketball, and America will miss it because all if if you don't like the Greek freak or, or you, you won't if you don't know the other players around them, like Middleton, who hit an unbelievable shot and played very well in the game one victory of Miami. I, I don't know what to tell you, man, but I, man, I don't know. So, so that's John my Morant final, is, that's my final referendum thought. John Morant, when I, when I watch John Morant play, okay, there's an energy and in an energy that kind of radiates off of that guy. It's almost like he crackles with electricity when he's out on the court, because, you know, talk about a guy who can change speeds, like, and, and go from here to here. And it's like, how do you do that? Um, and I always wanted, you know, the Beach Boys to do a remake of Barbara Ann and and have it be Ja 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 Morant. Hold on, hold on, you got something there. Ja 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 Morant. Ja 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 Morant. Take my hand, Ja Morant. You got me balling in. Oh wait a minute, we got this. Could work. Rock and right. roll, baby. All right. Who said, the, who said this little... podcast can't cross over? Yeah. Yeah. Two old white guys doing the 50s. Mm. It's just pathetic. All right. We got to go. It's a short <laughs> week. Um, Kristen Woolley is probably already freaking out over the content that she's going to have to edit. And um, nonetheless, uh, do you have any final thoughts? Yeah. Here? Just, just, this, just this one. Okay. Many of us were feeling very bad for Phoenix. That as a number two seed with a 51 mm -hmm. win season, they got a raw deal. They had to play the defending champion Lakers in the first round. Oh, what a nightmare. But what we didn't understand is that the other side of that coin was the Lakers have to play a 51 win team in their first round because they were down in the seventh spot because of injuries. They would have never had to play a team of Phoenix's quality in the first round. But now they do and they find themselves in a fight. I still believe the Lakers are going to find a way, but you know what? One of the greatest moments of the weekend was yesterday. I'm not sure if you were watching this when the Lakers were, were ahead, were, were coming back on Phoenix in the fourth quarter. Uh, Monty calls a timeout and they had like a, one of those wired things, you know, where they had mm -hmm. him mic'd up and he, and they played it out of the break. And basically Monty said this, he said, guys, we were built for this. This is our time. I don't want to get to July and wonder what if. This is ours to take. Let's go get it. And I thought to myself, I would run through a wall for a coach that said that to me. And I was just so, that was one of the best like little wired clips that I think mm. I've ever seen. So kudos to the, the producers in the truck uh, on that one. Well, kudos to Monty Williams, who obviously was named the NBA Coach of the Year and now is in a position to knock off the defending champions. One game up, who knows, uh, by the time this comes out, could be two games up. I, you know, shoot, I, I, I root for either one because, you know, you can't, I love Devin Booker. I love watching him. I love the mature, the maturation and development of that team. And, but I also look at it like hey, LeBron has maybe, two or three more years, if that, to win it all. And 
if you're really going to be in the in the uh, Michael discussion uh, permanently, you need at least one more title. That's my God. And AD better show up for game two because DeAndre ate, ate his lunch, took his lunch money, and sent him on his way on Sunday. So if AD has another game like that, the Lakers really, are, they got a problem. That was a beat down. Like, like this shows download numbers beats down of the other Pure Hoops media competition in many oh. ways. Oh, it's, it's, it's not even close. The funny thing is, is Monica McNutt and neither Eric Newman nor BJ Armstrong is even listening to know that. So this is good. I'll tell both of us. I'll let him know. I'll talk some some junk to him, Mike. (laughs) Thank you, Bruce Bernstein. We'll be back again next week with either a famous guest or Bruce Bernstein. Either way, you're freaking listening. Either way, you're screwed. (laughs) That was dope. So the first two days of the playoffs are in the books. Bruce Bernstein, thanks for joining me. Now hit us with the promos. Thank you, Mike. And thanks also to our incredible editor, Kristen Woolley. Please check out all of our Pure Hoops media shows. Catch and Shoot 2.0 with Otto Strong and Aaron Berlin is here every Wednesday. And their guest this week is going to be Jovan Buha of The Athletic. And he's all over the Lakers situation for The Athletic. Buckets, Boards, and Blocks with Monica McNutt and King McClure drops on Thursday. BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman have the Pure Hoops podcast each Friday. And of course, we have a new Mike Wise show every Monday. And if you'd like to hear some great selected choice discussions from all of our shows, subscribe to the Pure Hoops Media Quick Hitters. And we have many great video segments on our YouTube channel. So go to YouTube and search for Pure Hoops Media. Mike. Yep, Jenks. Uh, yet another sponsor has joined the Pure Hoops Media family this week, Bruce. Who we got? That, well, that's right. Joining Gravedigger and Monster Truck Spectacular, Rug Doctor, Steaming Matted Dirt, and Oscar Meyer Wieners, we've got the NBA Barbershop Quartet, a group of young men changing up lyrics on popular songs to fit your new school players, like this one, for example. A ja 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 moran, ja 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 moran, ja moran. Use your offhand, ja moran. You got Memphis running and a gun and rejecting and deflecting, ja moran, ja 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 moran. Went to the playoffs, looking for Valentunas, saw ja moran, so I thought he'd do a shot fake with ja moran, ja moran. Use that offhand, ja moran. All right, you can't get that out of your head now, can you? I really can't, and yeah, um, it's unfortunate. Very, yeah, it is on for many different reasons. Um, you know, Kevin really Love's am. uncle was in the Beach Boys, right? Yeah, Mike, right? Exactly. Yeah, and um, he's apparently he's got some really good uh, musical talents as well. So they say. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of uh, Kevin Love, Mike needs to share the love. Now that COVID-19 vaccinations are widely available, get one. They say that masks are not necessary if you are vaccinated, but if you are one of the fools who hasn't gotten one, wear the mask in public to protect yourselves and others. Keep your guard up and be smart. Until next time, peace. Aloha. <laughs> the Mike Wise Show used to be called The Wise Ass Show, but it remains a presentation of Pure Hoops Media.